Fun times today. We're gonna talk about creativity. <laughs> um, yeah, we're gonna talk about uh, being creative or, or living a creative lifestyle. So I, I have some things to say before we get into it. So for those of you in the room who are not creative, okay, don't check out. I'm gonna be talking about you too, okay? This concerns you too, okay? Don't think, I don't twirl a baton, I don't sing and dance, I'm not a painter or an awesome piano player like David, I am not creative, this doesn't relate to me. Well, no, it does relate to you. And hopefully by the end, you'll see how. If by the end of this, it still doesn't make sense to you, we got some issues, and you and I should probably talk afterwards, <laughs> because we gotta, we gotta get you to understand this. If you are a creative, hey, focus. If you're creative, creatives, over here, <laughs> we're in service right now. <laughs> you're in church. You're in church. I know that you are thinking a million things a minute, but don't worry. The squirrel that's outside will be there when you get out. Leave it alone. Let's focus. You guys say focus? All right, we're all ready? Okay, so, in God's kingdom, we're all creative. In God's kingdom, we're all creative. There's no left brain or right brain, but in God's kingdom, there's a, a Christ-centered mind, a mind that's after Christ, so a God brain. Um, there are some functionalities that we have as individuals that are different. You know, there are things that, that make us different, but, uh, but our differences don't disqualify us or limit us. Those differences cannot say, for those that feel that you're not creative, those, those differences cannot say and are not saying that you are not creative. Amen? Okay, so now that we have that out of the way, let's pray. If you guys want to join me, bowing your heads. You could even stand up if you want to stand up to pray like that. Just be free, be you. It's cool. <sighs> Holy Spirit, we just we thank you for this time. I give you all praise and all honor for this time here uh, with my brothers and sisters. Holy Spirit, just move, move amongst us. Speak. I'm your mouthpiece, God. Whatever you want to say, whatever words you want to you want to give out to your people god i'm i'm here lord i'm willing to be used by you father you are my creator lord you are the creator father and i love you i look up to you so holy spirit just continue to move right now you you're here you did an amazing thing through worship you broke through so so continue to break through continue to break through holy spirit i thank you in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. And amen. Okay, so we're going to talk, like I said, about creativity. And in order for me to be able to talk about creativity with you guys, or in order for me to talk to you guys about how to live a creative lifestyle, I have to take you guys to the beginning. Can you guys say that? To the beginning. To the beginning. Where's the beginning? Genesis. All right, so let's go to Genesis. I'm going to be reading um, the message version. 
And it will also be up in the, on the screen. So we're going to read Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to read verse 1 through 5. You guys there? Yeah, okay. So Genesis 1 says this. First this, God created the heavens and earth. All you see, all you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the waters, above the watery abyss. Let's stop there. God created the heavens and the earth, all you see and all you don't see. God created all you see and all you don't see. So I want, I want to do something with you guys. I want you guys to just take a minute right now to look around the room and visually take in as much as you can. So just look around the room. Take a couple minutes. If you need to stand up and do like a one eight or 360, uh, do that. Okay. Whether you want to believe it or not, the person next to you was created by God. <laughs> the person next to you was created by God. Now, on top of that, there are a lot of things around us that we're not aware of. A lot of things that we don't see. And it's crazy to think that God created what we see and what we don't see. Amen? All right, let's keep reading. Verse 3. God spoke light and light appeared. God saw that the light was good and separated light from dark. God named the light day. He named the dark night. It was evening. It was morning. Day one. We'll stop there. I really love that it says God spoke light, right? Like he just spoke it and it happened. It's incredible to me. I'm just going to kind of just kind of drop this really quick, if you don't mind. It's, it's incredible to me to think that God created something out of nothing. God created something so amazing out of inky darkness, out of a soup of nothingness. He created. God created. Isn't that amazing? Let's read verse 11. So verse 11, it says, God spoke, earth green up, grow all varieties of seed-bearing plants, every sort of fruit-bearing tree, and there it was, earth produced green seed-bearing plants, all varieties, and fruit-bearing trees of all sorts, God saw it was good, it was evening, it was morning, day three. Earth green up. Isn't that awesome? I can totally picture him saying that. Earth green up. And all of a sudden, it's green. Things start to form. They form just like God intended for them to form. They were there. He spoke it, and it was. How many of you guys need to believe today that God has spoken it, and it is? So let's pause for a moment. Okay, 
Let's just pause. Right there where you're sitting. So I want you to imagine. Imagine God, right? There's God. There's Jesus. There's the Holy Spirit. And they're sitting around. And they're shooting ideas back and forth. It should look like this. It should look like that. This should happen. No, when it greens up, the color green should look like this. A tree should go up, grow upwards. Not sideways, but upwards. It should look like this. This is how it's going to look. And so picture God. This is, this is, this is the galaxy, right? He's, I, I don't know. I think this is probably what it looks like where he was at. Where he was at before he went to the emptiness, this is, pro I don't know, I just think maybe it looks something like this. And, and, and he's looking and he's, he's taking in where he's at and he's thinking about things. He's thinking about things. He's coming up with things. He's imagining things. Your God, your creator was creating in his mind. He took his time. God spoke things out, and he gave them purpose. He didn't speak anything out just to speak it out. There is nothing created in heaven or on earth that is solely for aesthetics. Nothing. There is nothing that you see that was created for no reason. Everything that was created was given purpose by our creator. Everything. God said, the, the color green will look like this. And when the trees grow, they're going to grow upwards. They're not going to grow down and then loop up somehow and then make like a square, like no. It's going to be very simple. It's just going to grow up. And then branches are going to sprout out. And now from those branches, leaves are going to come. Fruit is going to grow. And then my most precious creation will be able to pluck that fruit and eat it. And when they eat it, it's going to make this sound. It's going to taste this way. Everything that you know of, God created. God said, it will, it's going to be like this, and it was. Now, today, we walk around, we see a tree, we don't think anything of it. It's, it's, it's shooting up. We don't think anything of it. But there was a slight chance for that tree not to grow upwards. If God said, I want it to grow sideways, it would grow sideways and that would be our norm. But a lot of the things that we consider normal now, we forget that God took his time to give it a design. That tree has a design and a purpose to grow, to give off fruit, to produce shade. 
That's the tree's purpose. One more thing um, that I want to tell you guys is that God said light, and light was. But how many of you guys know that God wasn't surprised by what light was going to look like? Like he wasn't like, whoa, that's what it looks like. He knew. He knew. He was sitting around with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and they said, this is what it's going to look like, and this is what it's going to feel like. Light was created before he spoke it, because it was in him. God said it, and it was. He wasn't surprised by it. He knew what it was going to look like. So I want to I wanna read this to you guys. It says, um, verse 11. Actually, let's go to uh, verse 3. It says, God spoke light, and light appeared. God saw that the light was good. So check this out. This is what I think happened, okay? This is what I think happened with everything. So God knew what light was going to look like, right? God knew what everything was going to look like before he spoke it into existence. He knew. He knew it. So when he said, let there be light, they all saw the light, and they were like, that's good. That's so good. When he said, earth green up, he's like, that's good. But he said that's good because it, it looked like how he imagined it. So he's like, oh, that turned out exactly like how we planned it, guys. We did it. Woo, let's do this. We got it. <laughs> Wait, Holy Spirit, you're Jesus. Holy Spirit, yeah. I just think he was funny like that. But anyway, he was like, man, this is good, y'all. The light is good. <laughs> The trees are good. It's exactly like how we wanted it. Exactly like how we wanted it. It's good. That's what I think he did. That's how I think that all worked out. And it's awesome. It's so awesome to, to think about things this way. And you know why I know he did that? Because we can be like that. We are like that. We have that similar attribute that God has when he creates something. He spoke his, his, his creation into existence. He displayed it, and then he admired its goodness. He created it, displayed it, admired his goodness, its goodness. You and I are like that as well. When we create something, don't you guys dare lie, okay? When you create something and you think it's good, you want to show it off. And you want other people to, to agree with you and give you props and say, yep, that's good. That's really good. You, we want that. How many of you guys don't like that? OK, thank you. Thank you for being honest. <laughs> we all like that. It's a good thing. It comes from God. There's, there's a weird way, though, that we can take that. You know, we can kind of be a little weird with it. And I'm going to explain it to you. So I have story time for you guys, OK? 
Okay, so uh, Kevin and, uh, and Danny, and, like everybody that spoke, Carlos, Meryl, uh, I think Jesse and Belen too, like they did so awesome. But all of them had stories to share. And I, when I was preparing, I was thinking, dang, I don't have any stories to share. I need, I need myself a story to share. So I started thinking and I, I, I got one. I got a story for you guys. So back when I was little, well, I have this aunt, right? She's uh, my dad's brother's wife, my aunt-in-law. She's my aunt. And uh, um, OK, so when I was little, I would hear my mom and my other aunts kind of talk about her and like make some comments. So this type of aunt, or this aunt, she's the type of, she's a mom. She has four kids. She's a grandma now. She has four kids, though. But she's the type of mom that, you know, she's proud of her creation. She puts it on display a lot and will often comment on its goodness, but in a weird way. So this aunt, she's the type of aunt where, like, she's talking to you, and you may tell her, oh, you know what? My daughter got an A+. And she would say something like, oh, that's nice. You know, my daughter actually got an A++. I mean, that's good, though. One plus, I mean, it's a plus. But mine, you know, she got a plus plus. You know, um, my daughter, you know, she ran like the mile in five minutes. Oh, wow, that's, that's good. You know, we need to tell you that my daughter ran the mile in like a minute and a half. <laughs> she was that kind of mom. <laughs> so one day, I, I don't remember where we were, but I remember I was there. And I was a kid, and I was listening to my mom and my other aunts talk about it, and she was just like, oh my gosh, like, like I'm done. I'm, I'm just so done with her. And uh, so apparently, guys, check this out. Apparently, this aunt, uh, she, uh, at the time, she had just, she, uh, she had three kids, and her youngest at the time was two years old. Two years old. Can you guys tell your neighbor, two years old? She was two, he was two years old. And she had the audacity, guys, audacity to tell my mom and the other aunts that her two-year-old would sit down on his chair, grab a book, and read it. Her two-year-old son could read books. Read books, guys. He read books. <laughs> so my mom and the aunts were like, oh my God, está ridícula, es el colmo, ya, ya, no la, ya no la aguanto. So in translation, it's ridiculous, I can't stand her. And uh, so yeah, that's my story. That's kind of weird, right? I, I don't know, from just what I've learned, Belinda, like, let, tell me if I'm wrong, but two-year-olds can't read, right? Two-year-olds don't read. <laughs> but her two-year-old read, though, <laughs> a book. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, that's the type of aunt that she is. Now she's like that with her grandchildren. Don't get me started, guys. Do not get me started. But yeah, so that's, that's taking your creation, displaying it, and talking about its goodness on a whole other level. Guys, don't do that. <laughs> Please. 
Think about it right now. I'll give you a second to search your heart and think about, do I do that? And if the answer is yes, stop. Just, just stop, okay? Deal? Thank you. Okay. So the awesome thing, though, is that, uh, oh, there it is. Okay. The, the amazing thing about creating with God is that God hasn't stopped creating. He has not stopped creating. Like, he didn't just create the world, create humans, and was like, mic drop, I'm done. Like, I'm done. Finished. Like, he, he's not done. Think about this. There are children born every day, right? I don't know what the, the statistic is, but I'm sure it's like, I don't know, five babies every second. I don't know. I don't know. But there's babies constantly being born, right? People are constantly being born. So think about each of these individual babies, these, these individual human beings. Each of them, I believe, I don't know what you guys believe, but I believe that each child that comes to this world has a plan and a purpose for their lives. Every child has a plan and a purpose. And so if every child has a plan and a purpose, then God must have took some time to create their plan and their purpose and speak things over that baby's life, things that he has set for that baby. God did that. And that's just a little, little tiny example to show you guys that God still creates. He doesn't stop creating. God is so inspired by us. We are such an infinite creation, us. And I mean this in a way where when we create, and I'll get into this a little bit later with more umph, but just for right now, when we create, we get the inspiration from him. And so inspiration comes down from him, we create, and then he's inspired by our creations. And it's just like such an amazing cycle. You guys with me? So um, how have you guys enjoyed the lifestyle so far? Like, have you guys liked them? Yeah? Who can name the four or five that we've had? Anybody? Come on, guys. Meryl? No, you're, you've talked. Anybody? Anybody? OK. So we've had uh, Mario did an awesome job with the intro. And then we had hospitality, generosity, prayer, worship and expression. And um, so these are all lifestyles. And I really like what Carlos said. He said that um, if we don't value these, these principles, then we won't live them out. If you don't value generosity, then it's going to be very hard for you to be generous. Make sense? So I believe, and I hope you guys don't get mad, but I believe that each and every one of the topics that we've talked about so far is a creative expression. Like every single thing that we've touched on so far is a creative expression from the Lord. Everything. Okay, let's just move on. I have uh, some biblical examples of, uh, examples of uh, creativity. So let's, let's go to the Bible. Um, let's go to uh, Matthew. And I'm going to read New King James this time. 
So Matthew 9, verse 16. Let me know when you guys are there. You guys there? Okay. So before we read, I just kind of want to set this up for you guys. So um, had a creative moment, guys. Brain, like, my brain literally stopped. <laughs> okay. So focus. Come on, you focus too. So um, the Bible is full of creative uh, examples. Jesus was so creative, super creative, like incredibly creative. He, um, he had this thing called parables, right? You guys have heard of parables? So he had these things called parables uh, in which he would use these things to basically teach people who needed teaching. <laughs> he, would, he would find these amazing ways to tell stories so that everybody could understand. So we're going to read one right now. So verse 16, it says, No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. What was he saying here? Do you guys get it? <laughs> so he, he used these two parables, unshrunk cloth and new wine. He used these two stories that he creatively shared with the people that were listening. I believe it was his disciples. And he used this awesome way to basically paint a picture of what he was doing in order to get his people to understand it. So basically, he was telling a story that made sense to their time, that made sense to the time that they were living in. So he used things that they would understand, things that, that made sense to their everyday lives. So unshrunk cloth, right? You can't put an unshrunk piece of cloth and sew uh, like a hole that's on it. Let's say you, these, these jeans are old, right? And I take a new piece of cloth and like put it on the, on the tear. You can't do that because when you then wash your, your, your clothes again, that unshrunk piece of cloth that, th that you used to patch is going to shrink, therefore making that, that original hole bigger. It's going to make a mess. With wine, you can't put new wine into old wineskins. And Carlos, I did my research, <laughs> back me up. You can't put new wine into old wineskins because new wine is still fermenting. It's still going through a fermenting process. So when you put that new wine into an old wineskin, that wineskin can't take that pressure of that new wine fermenting. So that old wineskin breaks. That's why you need a new strong wineskin to take that new wine and be an adequate host to, to allow that wine to ferment. Basically what God was saying is, I can't share this new gospel into an old heart. I need to renew hearts here. That's what he was saying with this example. But he said it in these parables that would make sense to them. Isn't that awesome? 
While we're on the subject of wine, my favorite story in the Bible, guys, let's go to John. And we're going to go to to John chapter 2. Uh, and we're going to read verse 1. You guys there? And I'm going to read uh, the message version. I don't think I, I gave this to Jair, the version, but yeah. So Second John, verse 1. Or uh, sorry, John 2, verse 1. And it says, three days later, there was a wedding in the village of, Ca- of Cana, in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Jesus and his disciples were guests also. When they started running low on wine at the wedding uh, banquet, Jesus' mother told him, you know, they're just about to run out of wine. And Jesus said, Mom, is that any of our business? And uh, he said, uh, yours or mine? And he said, this isn't my time, Ma. Don't push me. And she went ahead anyway, telling the servants, hey, guys, I know that he just said not to push him, but just do whatever he tells you, all right? Because he's going to do it. Just, just follow him. Just do it. Don't listen to what he just said, because he's going to do it. That was awesome of her to do that. So then we'll stop there. So as you know, famously enough, Jesus turned water into wine. But think about that. Isn't that such a creative way to solve a problem? Water, let's just take some water, guys. There's a bunch of water here. We'll just turn it into wine. And there you go. We don't got to stress about it. Just We'll do this. Such a creative solution to a dilemma. This is the big problem. If I was at that wedding, I would kind of be freaking out. Like if I was a bride, (laughs) I already kind of have some issues dealing with stress. So imagine you're a bride on your wedding day and you are running out of wine. (laughs) Somebody better get Jesus here and please let him get creative with his miracles because I need my wedding to be okay. So he creatively solves the issue. Amen? Another example, and this is just, I'm going to give you guys real life examples that you and I kind of are exposed to. So another creative way to to express yourself on an everyday or on an any day kind of basis, a mom, like Mario was telling me, um, when he was growing up, his mom, sitting right there, my mother-in-law, his kids didn't like to eat vegetables, guys. They didn't like veggies. And so when she was, when they were little, what she would do is, she probably still does this now. (laughs) Um, But what she would do is, she would like sneak in the veggies into their food somehow. Whether it was like blending them into like a sauce or like, I don't know, mixing it somehow. But she got creative with her cooking so that her kids could get their veggies. That's creative. Think about it, that's creative. Instead of her having to deal with, you got to eat this. Jay, you got to eat this. (laughs) Cometa la zanahoria. Eat the carrot. Instead of her dealing with that, 
come on, like, she was like, I'm not gonna deal with this kid not wanting to eat his veggies, I'm just gonna mix it up and like, he's not even gonna know. <laughs> That's creative. <laughs> Frijoles con espinacas? Oh, beans and spinach. <laughs> oh my gosh. Imagine this whole time you're not colorblind, it's just, that was spinach. <laughs> <laughs> Another example, my father-in-law, he's back there. Uh, he is, man, he has such a mind for fixing cars. Like, I, I, like we can call him, like I can literally call him over the phone and say, hey, um, Raul, I, my car is like, I'm having issues. It's making this, this weird sound. It's like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. And he's like, oh, it's the alternator and the catalytic converter, and you just need a new time belt, and uh, you know, the brakes, pump them, I don't know. <laughs> He'll like... <laughs> He will know what's wrong with the car. You okay? Look, if you guys really want a treat, find out when he has a next like a next job to fix a car, and go watch him. It's like a symphony. I swear, it's awesome. Like he has this mind, like ah, oh, and like it's just so crazy how creatively the way that his mind works, the way that he expresses himself. And I don't even know if you knew this about yourself, but. God gave them this creative mind for fixing cars. And that's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah. So now, we're going to pause. <laughs> and we're going to see more creativity on display. Purity. A once esteemed virtue now destroyed by society's hypersexual movement. A society that glorifies premarital sex, encouraging the fellas to test drive before committing and applauding our ladies when they have lost their innocence. Waiting until marriage no longer the norm. The overflow of sex in the media is mind blowing. A swipe, a click, and you have unlimited access to images that take years erase from our memories. Images that have the power to imprison us to our death. How our generations are falling to a false idea of love and our younger generations following in our footsteps. A pillar of the heavens being brought down here on earth. Why are we allowing impurity to be our ruler? Don't you see that the enemy is at war with the bride, trying to make her as dark as the night sky when God designed her to be brighter than the stars? You don't see how he's trying to make us focus with pleasing ourselves rather than working on the body of Christ? He is trying to make us blind with pleasure so we won't see the brokenness in this world. We are becoming deaf to the world's cry. We have the power to break chains, but we seem to be powerless against our own flesh. The 
enemy is destroying families and we are letting him. Church, this isn't a sit down to accuse any of you. No, no, beloved family, this is a cry I hope you hear. See, I have chosen, I have vowed to choose him over pleasing myself. Yes, I fail, but every single night I choose to run to him rather than, than to avoid solution. I have vowed to be his until the glorious day I say I do to him, him, my Jesus, him, my husband. It's my heart's desire to wait until the covenant of unwavering love is sealed. If sexual purity is the new taboo, then let my abstinence be the greatest abnormality this world has ever heard. I refuse to bow down to the pedestal of my sin. You too have a choice. See, purity isn't just for the single people. It's for the engaged. It's for the married. Purity is to be faithful to the Father and his word, faithful to the vows we have made to our husbands, our wives, or our soon-to-be's. Purity now is nothing more than the label placed on the sleeve of the outcast. Brothers and sisters, let us be the outcast, the called, the chosen. Let us sing of a song that brings redemption to those chained up to their own prisons. Let us bring revival and hope to a life of purity and truth. Let us be the abnormality. That was awesome. That was good. I mean, you're amazing. Just so you guys know, uh, I didn't give her any ideas. I didn't give her any direction or topics or say, hey, maybe you should talk about this. That, I, I, like, it was intended for it to not go with what we're talking about because I wanted you guys to see her creativity what the Spirit told her to talk about. This was Ami's creative expression. Her pure, creative, connected to God streaming expression. So thank you for putting that on display. It was good. Yeah. Okay. Wow, how do we keep going, right? So after that, <laughs> I wanna talk about why a lifestyle of creativity? Like, why, Cynthia, are you keeping us here for, I don't know, 30 minutes or however long it's been? Uh, and why have you, like, why are you talking to us about a creative life? What, what's so important about me knowing a creative life or me living a creative life? Well, I wanna ask you guys this question. Show of hands, okay? As children, how many of you guys were creative as children? Raise your hand. Okay. All right, let's do that again. As children, I wanna see how many of you were creative as children? Raise your hands. Okay, everybody here. Um, how many of you guys had an imagination as kids? 
All right, and under that same blanket, how many of you guys had an imaginary friend? Name Matilda, I'm just kidding. <laughs> how many of you guys would build, build forts with blankets and call them castles and fortresses? Okay, how many of you guys would take Legos and build them into castles? How many of you guys would draw weird, silly blobs and call them a dinosaur or whatever? <laughs> okay. So this tells me that everybody in here, as a child, was creative. Everybody. So what happened? What happened to you guys? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> As adults, as adults, got to say that differently now, as adults, guys, we have become so obsessed with categories, boxes, groups, definitions, no like shade on Danny, definitions. We've, we've become so obsessed with that. What group do I belong to? How do I differentiate myself from them or whatever? We become so obsessed with that as we grow up. We have this, this desire to want to associate with something, to associate with someone. Sometimes we lose, track, we lose track of the fact, or some of us just don't know that we associate with God, that we associate to a group of creators. We all belong to one group, and it's called the group of creators. Let's say that weird. Creators. All of us. But because we do that, now, when we first got here, we had some of you that were non-creatives and some of you that were creatives. By the way, creatives, do I still have your attention? You guys still here? Okay. You guys aren't thinking about that dinosaur I talked about earlier, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so why a creative life? Why? Well, it's important for you and I to live a creative lifestyle because God is a creator and because God is creative. So if you were born of a woman that means that you're a human. And if you're a human, that means that you're a design of God the creator. And if you are a design of God the creator, then you are an extension or a reflection of who he is. You don't believe me? All right, I got you. We're going to stay on the message Bible, and we're going to go to Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to read verse 27. Actually, I'm sorry, verse 26. We're going to read 26 through 28. You guys there? Amen? Okay, and it says, God spoke. Let us make human beings in our own image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. 
Dang, that's a message right there, but we're not going to talk about it right now. And every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. Let's just stop there. Reflecting God's nature. Who is God? Who is he? He's our father. What else? What else is God? I want to hear you guys. What is God? Who is God? Nobody? Provider. Provider. Okay, what else? Protector. What else? Safe. Okay. Let me tell you this. Above all else, God is a creator. Before he was anything else, he was a creator. God is a creator. That's who he is. And if we are a reflection of him, like the Bible said, I didn't say it, it was right here, then you are a creator. You are a co-creator with the Lord. You're a co-creator with God, which therefore makes you a creative, which therefore tells me that we need to live a creative lifestyle. We need to live a life of creating. I'm going to read this to you guys, and I want you to pay attention to this, okay? Everything that is, is an expression of God's creativity. I'll start again. Everything that is, is an expression of God's creativity. He imagined it, he purposed it, created it, and called it good. What are you imagining, purposing, creating, and speaking goodness over? What are you imagining, creating, and calling goodness over? What are you creating right now? Because God created you with a purpose. And as a creator, we also should be creating purposefully. You guys follow? Okay, so now we're going to pause once again. And uh, this is another expression of God's creativity. Creativity. Okay, so that was uh, really good. <laughs> um, so Cynthia asked me for uh, some words of knowledge. Um, and I don't know, I'm taking a risk. So it's part of being creative. You got to take risks. Uh, and it's okay. Um, it's how you find like the gold uh, by taking risks. So I'm going to go with the first one. I'm just going to go in the order uh, that God put it in my heart. So earlier this week, he put the name Robert in my mind. Does the name Robert mean anything to anybody or is it significant? Huh? It's your uncle. Anybody else? I know you have a friend named Robert. Anybody else the name Robert? Is your, oh, does your uncle live here in New Jersey? Is there anything like going on where like there is something going on? Um, so 
God, you're going to have to help me here because you only gave me the name. <laughs> um, so when he told me Robert, uh, I immediately thought of Leslie's friend. Um, and her friend is very, like, funny. But God told me that it wasn't him. Um, but what God did tell me was that there was a root issue in this Robert's life that was affecting him or that was keeping him from something. And that God was replacing that root with, like, joy. I don't know if that makes sense. That makes sense. I just pray for your uncle uh, David. We, maybe we could pray for uh, David's uncle Robert afterwards. But I don't know if you talk to him or if you relate. Is it your mom's, your dad's brother, uh, older, younger, older? Is he the oldest? He's the oldest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like God is like going to replace like a root system or something, a root in his life that was affecting him from a young age that is going to change in this new season for him. Amen. Um, Cool. Thanks for helping me, Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, the other thing that I, I saw too, because Cynthia asked me last night how I was doing with it. And to be honest, I was like, I don't know. I just have a name. And um, the name Robert, I looked it up, definitions. Um, it means a famed, shining, uh, bright noble. Um, so I think, uh, is he saved? He is? Okay. So I think he's going to learn more about like his royalty like coming up. Like God's going to teach him more about that. Um, the other thing that happened this morning, I woke up with the worship song in my head, and it's okay if this happens to you, if it happens like this, uh, it happens to me like this a lot, where I dream, and um, the dreams kind of like happen. Um, I've even had, um, my mom had a dream once, and then I actually had the continuation of the dream, which was kind of weird. <laughs> um, and then so this morning, I woke up, and I kind of dozed off again, and I had a worship song in my head, and I was singing it in my head, and then I had a, a, like a vision or like a dream. And in this vision, I was, I was like a little boy walking with an older gentleman. And in, in the dream, uh, we went, and it was kind of like cloudy, and we went and sat down under a tree, and it looked like a bus stop, to be honest. But we were facing, not the street, we were facing a building. And the building was a kindergarten. And he told me, as an adult, he says, I remember this place. This place used to be magical. Does that story mean anything to anybody? If it doesn't, it's OK. Because does that story mean, does kindergarten, magical, mean anything to anybody? No? OK. I think while Cynthia was preaching, it has to do with all of us. When you said, what happened to you guys? We all used to be uh, creative as little kids. Um, when, I, when I woke up from that, uh, what I felt was that at some point in our life, and I think it's just confirmation, at some point in our life, we were all creative. I remember as a little kid playing with like, like action figures and cars and creating stories. Like I would do it on the carpet, like I would, with Legos, I would take it into the bathroom and like, and like play in there. And, you know, you grow up and then life happens, like a moment, something happens to us that we think, like, we stop thinking with that childlike faith and that childlike imagination. And what God is doing through Cynthia today is that he is restoring our childlike faith. He is sanctifying, purifying our imagination, and he is restoring purpose to what he designed. Amen? Amen? Wow, that's good. Robert. <laughs> when we think of creativity sometimes, we think of uh, photography, we think of 
the arts, mostly we think of the arts. Any type of art, like dance, uh, storytelling, creative writing, interpretive dance, I don't know, batons, the ribbon twirling thing. So anyway, when we think of creativity, we think of the arts. But I, I feel like that's such a, it's such a corrupt way to look at creativity. It's such a watered down, diluted way to look at creativity. I think if we confine creativity to just the arts, it takes away so much from it. Like what Kevin just did right now is, is such a awesome, creative expression that God has created for us to use. So we need to include all of that. Amen? Okay, um, I'm almost done here, I promise. So we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about the practicalities now. <clears throat> We've all kind of given, you know, just the practical um, in regards to what we're speaking so that you guys, if you guys haven't seen yet how you can apply it to your everyday life with the creative way to cook vegetables or, you know, learning how to <laughs> fix the cars with just hearing the noise or, you know, if you guys haven't seen the, the, the just the expanse of creativity yet and how you can possibly apply it to yourself, then hopefully this kind of helps us dial it in a little bit more. So someone asked me this amazing question a couple weeks back, or a few weeks back, I think. They text me this question to my phone. And I looked at the question and I was like, no way, <laughs> I cannot answer you here. So I said, uh, hey, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you at church. So uh, that, I think it was, uh, I don't remember what day. Anyway, these details are unnecessary. Come on, sorry. <laughs> so um, I met this person at church after service and um, I said, hey, so it was Blue. Blue asked me this question. So it was a really good question, by the way. And um, so we met at church and we talked about it. And it was so good for me to be able to like answer this question for him. So he asked me, he said, hey, how do you, how do you get inspired? And how do you stay inspired? That's a big question, right? How do you get inspired? He didn't use these words, he used much better words, I just don't remember them, I'm sorry. But he used, how do you get inspired and how do you stay inspired? So now you guys get why I couldn't answer that through a text. <laughs> so I, I answered his question, but before that I wanna, tell, I wanna read these to you guys. Jen Johnson said about creativity, she said, or when, uh, finding, trying to find uh, inspiration for creativity. She said, remember who it's about and who it's for. So when we're trying to think about inspiration, Jen Johnson, I really love this quote. She said, remember who it's about and remember who it's for. For me, one of the answers that I gave Blue, because it was a lengthy answer, but one of the things that I said to him is, I said, for me, in order for me to be inspired, I, I have to go to God. I have to go to Genesis. I have to go to, the, to that moment when creation was expressed. The first glance that we have at what creation or what creativity or what inspiration like even looks like. I have to go to the source. So let's talk about this. You guys see this iPhone. How many of you guys have an iPhone, first of all? Raise them up proudly, guys. Okay, yeah, yep, okay. All right, so let's talk about this phone right here. This phone right here, Misha, <laughs> this phone right here 
is amazing, right? It's amazing. Only if it's powered, though. <laughs> Only if it's charged, right? When this phone is charged, see, that's my husband and I. Only when this phone is charged can we really use it to its full capability. Only when it's fully powered. When this phone starts losing juice, what do we do? We dim our screen. We dim our screen. We remember, oh, I have 50 million apps open. So we, we close them all and we dim our screen. We dim our screen because we have to conserve the little power, the little energy that we have left to run on. We have to do that. So we dim our screen so we can continue to function with the little bit that we have left. We'll go as much as we can. We'll use it as much as we can. We'll like suck up the juice out of this thing as much as we can, right? We'll use it all day, Instagram, whatever you are on, we use it. But when this phone says 1%, where's a plug? Where's the charger? I need to get my phone plugged in, like now. It's about to die. If our phone dies, we die. How many of you guys agree with that? If my phone is dead, I am dead, y'all. I am dead. <laughs> this phone is like, I don't know what body part of this is, my, like I don't know what body part of mine this is, but I swear it's a body part. If you drop it, doesn't it hurt? It hurts, it hurts. Facts, y'all, facts. Facts. I'm not lying, these are all facts. Can you guys say facts? Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay. In order for this phone to be used to its full potential, to its full capability, it needs to be powered on. How does this phone get juiced up? How do we power this on? We connect it to the source. Right? I knew you guys were gonna get this. I knew you guys were all gonna understand this metaphor. <laughs> this parable, yep. Every, like, you know, the modern day parable, guys. This is your modern day unshrunk cloth. <laughs> if this phone is running lo uh, loose, <laughs> sometimes it can happen. <laughs> if this phone is running low, we need to connect it to the source of power, right? All right, there's some of you guys here who will connect to the source, right? You'll charge up to 100, and then what do you do? You unplug. You unplug, and you use up all you got, all those juices. You use them all up. You use them up, guys, until you have to dim your screen. You have to dim your screen, your light, and you run on the, on the reserved. You run on the little battery that you have left 
until you get to the point where you get to 1% and you say, Lord Jesus, if I don't connect to you right now, I'm going to die. <laughs> we do that. And those are facts. We do that. We plug and recharge. And then we're good. And then we disconnect and run on what we've built up until we feel like we're at 1%. Until we feel like we're at that 1%, then we're like, all right, I need, a, I need to get my charger. I need to get Jesus. <sighs> Inspiration works like a phone that's always plugged into the socket, that's always plugged into the power source. Our inspiration, our connection, which is like the underlining theme of all of these uh, chats so far, our connection to the Father should always be on. How many, how many of you guys have ever used your phone while it's charging? It gets to 100, and you leave it charged, and you use it up, you use it, but it stays at 100, right? It doesn't uncharge, it stays at 100 because it's plugged in. That's how I stay inspired, and that's how I get inspired. Do you guys understand that? Okay. That's not how I answered Blue's question, but that's what we're going with because you guys all seem to like it. <laughs> we'll just leave it there. It's important that we don't become slaves to our creativity. I don't serve my creativity. My creativity serves me. I don't serve my creativity. I don't live for the approval of my creativity. I don't. Pastor Mario said, he said, it's important that we use our creativity to glorify God. It's important that we use our creativity to glorify God. That's how we don't allow creativity to grab hold of your heart and make you its slave. If every time you create, you give it back up to God. Your creativity, your inspiration, the way that it should flow, the way that you should live your life, whether it's dealing with a boss at work and you need a creative solution to get along, whether it's whatever it can be, you need to live creatively. Solomon, when those two ladies came to him and were like, that's my baby, no, that's my baby. And he was like, all right, let's just split this baby down the middle. And the real mom was like, no, no, let her have him. That was creativity, creativity. He came with a creative solution. Wisdom takes creativity. So that's why it's important that you understand that we must live a life as creators, creating solutions that are creative for our problems, our problem and the world's problems. So our creativity should look like it comes down from the Lord, we take it in, we create, and then we release it back up to him. It comes down from the Lord, we take it in, we create, and we let it go back up to him. 
That's how we need to create. That's how we live a life as creators. Amen? Just really quick, we, can't, we can pull inspiration from other places, but it's important that he, may, he remains our main inspiration, our main, our main source. If we, if we leave him and go to, to pull from everything else, we're going to lose a sense of who we are, and we're just going to become replicas of other people. And we need to be who God made us to be. All right, so now we're going to say this, okay? If you guys can all stand up, please. And I promise we're almost done. I have this and then one last thing and then we're, we're done. So I'm going to say this and then after I say it, Jair's going to put it up on the screen. So after I say it, he'll put it up. So Eric Johnson, speaking on creativity, said, I am a creative my job is to figure out what my creativity looks like. So let's put this up. I want you guys to say this. I am a creative. My job is to find out what my creativity looks like. Let's say this one more time. I am a creative. Wait. Wait. No, 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 no. Let's say it like we mean it. Let's say it like we mean it. So actually, I'm going to count to three, and you read it how you read it. But read it out loud. OK? One, two, three. All right, give yourselves a hand. You may have your seats. Okay. <clears throat> Everything that is, is an expression of God's creativity. He imagined it, he purposed it, created it, and called it good. What are you imagining, purposing, creating and speaking goodness over. That statement should look a lot different to you now. Amen? So all gifts, all talents, organizational skills, problem-solving uh, strategies, making Excel sheets, budgets, acts of generosity are all part of living a creative lifestyle. So now we're going to pause one last time. And we're going to have an awesome testimony. Hi, guys. God bless you all. So I'm going to go back. Maybe it was in April, May. Um, Kevin gave a message about tithing and offering, right? And after that message, I decided to give more, right? So every week, you know, we've been giving. We've been constantly giving our 10%. Um, I stopped for a long time before, um, for you know whatever reason. And I came here, you know, God spoke to me, and listened to God. Right? Um, who was here when um, when the mess the message from Kevin generosity? Okay. So that day, do you guys remember when um, when we were facing the wall? 
okay? God's been using me amazingly, and I've been letting him use me, right? I've opened my heart 100% to him, and he's just been using me to the point where, you know, I started freaking out. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what the hell's going on, right? But then again, you know, it reminded me it's God, right? So when we were all facing the wall, um, and we were imagining ourselves being in the, in the lake, river, you know, and everything was going by, you know, at that time, um, God was here, right? He was here, and he was walking aisle by aisle, right? And he was changing our hearts, okay? He was changing our hearts um, to a giving heart, right? It's a giving heart. But he was changing our heart to a giving heart because he was going to give us, right? In order for us to have a giving heart, we needed to have in order for us to give, right? So he changed our hearts, Okay, and, and believe it, because he changed our heart. So if you guys, you know, God speaks to you or puts it in your heart to give, do it. I know what I'm telling you, do it. So um, that day, the day before that, that message, um, we were at Target, right? It was Dini, um, Edwin, Danny, Belinda, and I. And Belinda and I, we were at the card section. We were looking for, for a card, Right. And then Nanny was like, oh, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're looking for a card. For who? Um, my cousin Joe, most of you guys know him, he gets married next month, right? And, um, you know, Belinda and I decided to give him a $500 gift for their wedding, right? So I told Danny, oh, we're giving him $1,000 playing around. And Belinda looks at me like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what the hell? $1,000? Like, we're playing a wedding too, you know. We can't give. <laughs> we can't give a thousand dollars, right? So I look at Belinda. I was like, "Really? You're like, you know, come play around, you know? Like, you should know me by now." <laughs> so I told him, "No, I'm just kidding. We're giving him five hundred bucks, right?" So then Sunday came, you know, and that happened. And while you know that was going on, God spoke to me, and He's like, "Not five hundred dollars, you know. It has to be more." And I'm like, what? I'm like, is that really you? <laughs> He's like, you guys have to give more. And I'm like, okay, God, but how much? He's like, you guys have to give more. He didn't give me an amount. So we left, and as soon as we got in the car, I started telling Belinda, and I'm like, hey, you guess what happened? This isn't that, right? And then um, she was like, well, maybe the number that you said yesterday was the number that we have to give them, right? So immediately, we were going to have dinner that night with them, right? So that same night, we were going to go have dinner. So we went to the bank, and we would draw another $500, you know, and we put the $1,000 on the, on the card. So we're having dinner with them, and, you know, and we're, Jope and I, we grew up together. We're only three months apart, right? And with Anna, his fiance, I kind of, well, yeah, I kind of grew up with her, too, because we've known each other since we were in kindergarten. So it's just crazy, right? Um, so, you know, one thing or another happened. Job and I, you know, we had a little distance, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, we still go to each other's house. We talked, how are you doing, blah, blah, blah. Text message, a phone call, whatever it is, right? So we're talking and, and we're over dinner. And, um, you know, we, we blessed him with this gift, right? And, but... You know, after they open the gift, you know, they 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 pause. Like, like Job is a person that's always joking around, just like me. That's always, you know, has something to say, 
you know, and immediately he blanked out. Like he was just like in La La Land, literally. His face was like speechless. And Anna, she started, you know, she broke down. She started crying. And um, they, st they started telling us their struggle, you know, with planning the wedding, you know, and, and you know, it was just the perfect timing, you know, and, and I explained to them um, how everything happened, you know, and how God's been using me and being obedient to his word, right? And, and um, we had the opportunity to pray for them right there in the restaurant. And, and I know God's going to do amazing things in, in, in their life with their wedding, you know. Um, and but it doesn't stop there <laughs> um some of you guys might know my mom got into a car accident not too long ago on my truck um so when she called me right um right away I was, she told me it was a really bad accident you know and and i don't know why you know something ever happens at home i'm the first one that gets a call or you know i'm the first one that does this or that you know so it's been you know a little bit overwhelming at home you know um, not that I, I mind, no, of course not, you know, because I'm always going to be there for my family. Um, so she calls me, and um, I talk to my boss, hey, I have to leave, this isn't that, so I took off. On my way there, you know, um, God put it in my heart, you know, like, hopefully the truck is totaled, you know, so that, you know, you don't have to worry about the car anymore and just get rid, rid of it. I've been driving my boss's um, car, right? It's a company car, so he pretty much gave it to me to drive it around. <laughs> smart car <laughs> so I save gas I haven't been paying gas for almost a year now so glory to God <laughs> um, so we got there um, I got there I look at the car it's it wasn't a big thing you know my mom's good I already got to um, it wasn't a big thing you know but you know how the insurances go um, my dad got there as well and he's like oh hopefully it's a total whatnot so um, they took the car the insurance took the car and we got a call Two weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, they told me the car is totaled and they're gonna pay it off. But before that, you know, I went online to the Blue Book and my car, I mean, it was worth a thousand dollars according to the Blue Book, right? So I'm like, man, you know, it's only gonna be a thousand dollars. I mean, I'm not using the car anymore, so I'm like, oh, those a thousand dollars are gonna be, you know, helpful, whatnot. So um, we get the call and it's not a thousand dollars. Um, $4,368, something like that. Yeah. So that's after, you know, blessing Job and Anna with those $1,000, right? So it doesn't stop there, you know. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> right away, as soon as, you know, they tell me that, you know, I'm like, okay, that money's not mine. That money's for my parents, you know, whatever they want to use it, whether it's for a new car, whether it's for fixing the house, because they've been wanting to fix the house for a long time, the money's for them. And, you know, I called Belinda and I told her, and I'm like, you know what, I decided to do this with the money. She's like, okay, that's what you want to do, let's do it. So, you know, we gave my parents the money. So then, um, that was like on a Thursday, Friday, and then Monday comes around and my boss, you know, talks to me about a race. You know, I got a race at work, glory to God. <laughs> now, keep in mind, I'm not driving my car, okay? I don't put gas on my car because I don't have a car to put gas on because it's a smart car. I charge it. Like three blocks away, there's a charging station where I charge it and it's free, okay? Or I charge it at home. On top of that, he's like, oh, I'm going to give you $300 a month for a car allowance. I'm like... 
what? I'm like, okay, you know, $300 for car allowance. Now, if you have a car, you know, an allowance is for you to maintain your car, put, you know, gas, make a payment on your car, whatnot. So, you know, um, next week will be my first $300. This Friday, you know, was my first race. Um, now, my mom lost, you know, she stopped working, you know, so now she only cleans our office because she's been cleaning our office. So, you know, every Friday I give her, you know, money, right, for her to have. And then um, that happened to a week, right, on Monday. And it's, that's not it. <laughs> now, Belinda will share her little. <laughs> okay, so... Just like JJ said, it's been scary. It's been really scary for me, but um, <laughs> I, I don't know, many of you guys know, many of you guys don't know, I extended my year of school, so I'm doing an extra year at school, so I thought, fine, I'm only doing one class, I'm doing a practicum, which is, you know, I was like, I'm not gonna get any help from school, I'm gonna have to pay everything out of my pocket for classes, or if I get any help, it's just gonna cover my class that I'm taking. So, in school, I hear all of my cohorts start talking about, like, oh, I received my check. I got more than I usually get. I got less than what I get. So in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm not going to get anything. I'm not going to call because I know I'm not going to get anything. Um, Monday, Monday, my mom leaves my mail in my room. And so I got home. And she's like, oh, you got some mail. So I'm going through my mail, of course. Some are bills. Some are just like, you know, advertisement, and then I see a letter, like an envelope from school. I'm like, what, what are they sending you for school? Like, do I owe any money? So <laughs> I opened the envelope, and I freaked out for a minute. I, like, I didn't say anything. I didn't even call him or text him because I freaked out. Um, so I think you called me, and I said, we were talking about some stuff, and I said, it's okay. Let's be happy. Um, and so he's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, we got a check from school. Um, and when he asked me what was the amount, and I told him the amount, he couldn't believe it. Like, he made me repeat the amount a couple times. And I, I and, I, <laughs> and I sent him a picture. So we've been blessed, and I, we've been blessed, and it's going to be very helpful for us. We got a check from school for $12,000. <laughs> being said um it's been amazing it's been a journey we're learning together but it's been great so that check um it's um we're like maybe five seven thousand for from paying off our wedding um yeah, so, uh, but we're not going to stop there, you know, we still have a place to get and whatnot. But the point to this is to be obedient to when God talks to you. Um, we were learning together, and most of you guys know Belinda is, is, um, is fairly new, um, you know, in the steps of the Lord. And, um, but together, you know, to me, you know, I grew up in church, but, you know, it, it's new also, you know, having somebody next to me, you know, walking together and being obedient to God and keeping her in mind. Um, but yes, listen to God. 
um, let him use you because, I mean, once you open that door and let him in, he's, he does amazing things. And, and glory to God. Thank you, guys. Hey, guys. Um, your mom just texted me. You got a, a letter. You won the lottery. <laughs> Five million dollars. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, right? All right. That's it. <laughs> Why don't we stand up? Uh, we're going to get the worship team up here. and Why don't we just thank the Lord? Just thank him. Thank him for the creative life that he created for us to live. Thank him for, for how he's using you individually in your life. Thank him for what's to come. I want you to thank the Lord for that thing that you don't see, but is there because he created it. That thing that you don't see that you're probably waiting on, but it's there because he created it and because he purposed it for you. So Holy Spirit, God, how do I co-create with you, Holy Spirit? Ask him, how do I co-create with you, Father? How do I co-create? For me, for me, I, I have a, a creative, my creative life right now. I, I've gotten to be creative in the arts. But right now I'm, I'm in a season with my husband where we are in a, in a journey towards creating life. That's what we're creating right now. We are creating life. What are you creating right now? What are you going to create when you get out of here? When you walk out those doors? When you walk into Monday morning, what are you going to create? So take some time to talk to the Lord, to talk to your creator. And ask him, how do I co-create with you? Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.